Welcome to Open God's Word. Today we will be going through John chapter 4, 43 to 517 and witnessing some of Jesus' miracles. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, open the hearts of the people who are listening today, of the ladies that are listening. Open their hearts, open their ears, help them to learn and help them to know you better. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, last week we did the Samaritan woman, and Jesus had stayed in Samaria for two days, and many believed because of her testimony, and she brought them to Jesus, and they believed Jesus. Well, now we're in John four forty-three. After two days, he departed for Galilee, for Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his own hometown. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, having seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the feast, for they too had gone to the feast. Well, do you remember what happened at the feast in Jerusalem? We covered it in the Jesus Knows You episode in John chapter 2. Well, let's read John chapter 2, verses 23 to 25 to refresh our memory. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name, and when they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them, because he knew all the people and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. The people there believed because they saw the signs Jesus did. Jesus knew their motives, and he did not entrust himself to them because he knew their hearts. He knew that he was going to be crucified, and many of those who said they believed him would turn on him and call for his crucifixion. So they were not true believers. In verse 44, it says, For Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his own hometown. This phrase or sentence is also written in Matthew thirteen fifty-seven and Mark 6, 4. Let's read Mark 6, 1 through 6, and that gives us the reasoning behind this statement, so you'll understand it better. He went away from there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, and among his relatives, and in his own household. And he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Now, why did the people who knew him best not believe? 
He grew up with them. They knew his earthly family. They acknowledged that he had wisdom, but they didn't give him credit for it. They saw the miracles, and they were not willing to believe him. Instead of believing, they were offended. When we're not believed, it is hard. And I know some of you ladies are going through a tough time with family that does not take your commitment to Jesus seriously. As a new Christian, you may have tried to tell your husband of 40 years about Jesus, and he told you to let it go and leave him alone. Some of you have tried sharing Jesus with your adult children or your grandchildren, and they are no longer answering your calls or speaking to you. Jesus was perfect, and he was still rejected by his earthly family and friends. What can you do? Pray, pray, pray that God will send someone to your husband, your children, your grandchildren, who will show them Jesus, and that God will open their eyes and direct their path. Let's go to John 4, 46 to 54. Jesus is not giving up. He's got work to do. So he came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. And he himself believed, and all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. The official believed. It is likely that this official was a Gentile and possibly worked for Herod. Whenever Jesus had interactions with Jews, that is made clear in the text, as we will see in the following miracle. We're going to look at another miracle in John chapter 5, verses 1 through 17. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, 
and while I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, The man who healed me, that man said to me, Take up your bed and walk. They asked him, Who is the man that said to you, Take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, as there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father is working until now, and I am working. Here we see a man who was lame for 38 years, and Jesus healed him. He never thanked Jesus. He never believed. He was not even aware of who healed him until Jesus met him later in the temple. Did the man believe? No. Was he grateful? No. What did he do? Well, he went and told on Jesus so that Jesus would get in trouble for healing on the Sabbath. We're going to find out next week that the Jews are plotting to kill Jesus in the next verse, in verse 18. Apparently, planning a murder on the Sabbath was okay. But healing somebody on the Sabbath was not okay, according to these religious leaders. Well, Jesus does not give up on on these Jewish people yet. He's pretty patient. We're going to go through the rest of chapter 5 next week. And we'll continue with Jesus' response to them. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for those who listened. Touch their hearts. Touch their families. Help them to be a witness to those around them. And help their families to come to know you. And send the right people to come alongside their children, their husbands, their grandchildren. To teach them about you. Open hearts, open eyes, in Jesus' name, amen.